Fragoso Homebridge Mortgage. How are you today? Doing well, John. How are you, my friend? Very good. Is my Southern California flower wilting into Southern California heat today? It's 103 degrees here in Temecula and like 118 in Palm Desert just over the hill from me. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a little toasty. I, I got to tell you, we've been very blessed up in the Bay Area, especially in the North Bay. I mean, th- there's been a string of days where it hasn't even gone over 80 degrees. Could, could you imagine that? Oh, geez, that is unbelievable. Yeah, this weekend I was out in Hermosa Beach because uh, mm-hmm. we did a uh, Women's Council Realtors event, and it was 73 degrees. It was just gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Yeah. Well, if you decide to move out of Temecula and want to move to the Bay Area, I know a good realtor that can help you. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Just in case. Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> so let's get to the task at hand here. And, uh, uh, you know, in the Los Angeles Times uh, headlines, Afghans who assisted U.S. arrive at Virginia base. Many others remain in peril. Over the next couple of weeks, you're going to get uh, 2,500 Afghanis uh, coming into the United States. And I just saw another uh, news article where they were going to extend it from interpreters and contractors uh, to um, uh, relief workers and journalists and reporters. And who knows how big that umbrella is going to get. Uh, And... uh, You know, these people are going to need housing uh, under COVID-19 and interest rates being 3% and uh, eviction moratoriums and uh, senior citizens not really putting their houses up for sale and everybody working out of the house and homeschooling and increasing their shelter in place. Uh, They're going to be uh, coming into the United States under uh, a housing buzzsaw. So let's talk a little bit about what kind of tools uh, we may have available for uh, these people coming in from Afghanistan and uh, uh, any relief agencies and uh, their family members and friends who ultimately I think they'll be settling with just the way my father, when he came to uh, Brooklyn after World War II uh, from Naples was supported by the Neapolitan enclave in South Brooklyn, Red Hook. And I'm sure your family had the same experience uh, coming in from Mexico, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And and we relied a lot on our existing family members that were already in the United States. So there could be some opportunities here with regards to uh, loans for people like these uh, refugees that are coming into town. Uh, And we can definitely look at what's available uh, from a mortgage perspective, uh, I, I'm going to assume that they're going to at least get a visa uh, to enter the, the country, not necessarily a passport or, or a permanent residency, but definitely a visa. Uh, we can definitely look at, um, you know, an ITIN program, which is individual tax ID number, um, so that we can see if they, they can definitely tap into some kind of mortgage for housing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, looking on uh, the web and I saw special immigrant visas for Iraqi and Afghan translators. It seems like it's very limited at the moment, but I would imagine they're going to step that up. Uh, But uh, before we uh, start uh, going down the rabbit hole of details, 
Uh, you mentioned that uh, you and Mark Farfel did a financing program for larger markets that are facing these kind of issues. Can you uh, articulate to our listeners uh, what that program addressed and uh, uh, what was covered? Absolutely. So uh, Mark Farfold is a liaison for the California Association of Realtors. He works with a lot of the lenders in conjunction to helping the member uh, realtor members of California Association of Realtors. And we put a lot of webinars together and to do, we called it niche products, uh, also pronounced niche products. But we, we talked about four specific programs, but the one that really drew a lot of interest was the ITIN program, Individual Tax ID Number because we still have a lot of people in this country that have been here for many years, yet they don't have citizenship, they don't have permanent residence or a green card, but they do have visas and authorization to work in companies um, that pay them, you know, with the pay stub and they file their taxes using the ITIN number. They get credit cards with the ITIN number. So there's a lot of use that this particular uh, program has for borrowers that, again, are maybe just Visa, uh, but they've been here for a, a long time, and uh, it gives them the opportunity to purchase a property. I do quite a bit of these loans because I do have agents in various markets like the Central Valley, uh, Ventura, out in the desert, where there are you know, these companies that grow agricultural uh, products that require these type of workers. And I mean, these are hardworking people that, you know, um, have all their money under a mattress because they don't really trust the banks, but they have the cash available to them uh, to buy. And it's very a good. Very good. So do me a favor, put your phone down on a surface and make sure you're not rubbing any wires because it sounds like you got Topo Gigio, the Italian mouse, uh, doing an interpretation of your uh, of your narrative here. Okay. Yeah, I just I just pulled it off of my uh, body, so it should uh, be good. Very good. Now you don't have any more vibrations between you and the wire. Correct. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so, uh, ITIN. Uh, what does ITIN stand for? Uh, individual Tax ID Number, which is issued by the IRS, because again. These people may not have a um, citizenship or permanent residency, but the government really wants them to be productive and pay their taxes. So they issue this number to them so that they can file tax returns. Okay, so le let's approach this, if we may, uh, addressing it to uh, the Afghan refugees and any other refugees that might find themselves in the same boat, uh, any relief organizations that are helping them and their current families that uh, I'm going to assume at least have green cards, if not citizenship in the United States. So can we address it to the holistic group so they could put together their resources and see what's possible? Yeah, I mean, this this was a case with, with my family, as I mentioned earlier, that we came from Mexico and we didn't have any papers or anything, but we did have family members that were already established in the United States. And these family members were the ones that helped us, you know, get our 
foot in the door. And that's really what these people are going to be faced if they, in fact, have family members that 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 left Afghanistan way ahead of time before this whole thing started collapsing. And, you know, we should be able to uh, address this type of situation with the family members and how they can help um, in the housing aspect of it, maybe co-signing, you know, that that type of thing. Right. And also, let's expand that circle, because I remember when my father came to the United States, uh, he didn't have any relatives here at all, but he had a lot of Paisani, a lot of countrymen from the same province, the same town, particularly the same town. He came from a town of 100,000 in uh, outside of Naples. And so it was the his Napolitani Paisani that helped him get settled. So I'm going to think even if these people do not have direct relatives they probably are going to have friends and countrymen that might throw in and help them Uh, would you say that's an overreach i think that that's a very valid uh point because there's going to be organizations that are going to pop up that are going to be designed to help these people uh with housing with um you know establishing jobs and whatnot so it is important to understand that it isn't just family that they can rely on. It's going to be the society. It's going to be, you know, those people that are also from that part of the world that are here and will establish organizations to help people. Okay, so let's get down to some brass tacks. Uh, what percentage-wise down payment is going to give these people and their co-signers the most flexibility in being able to uh, get a loan with the most friendly set of required documentation. So it, it the, the program does require a 15% down payment. However, they do allow gifts. And that's how some of these uh, loans that I've been doing with the people with mattress money is that we've said, okay, as long as they have 5% of their own money, they can get a 10% gift from a family member, from, you know, an employer. Um, and then that's where the money comes in. The The family member or the employer shows a gift letter with funds. And then the um, buyer, the, the borrower turns around and, you know, pays the uh, donor with cash from money under the under you know the mattress. So there is a way of organizing that, but do you you do need at least five percent you know uh, okay. of their own money. So five to fifteen percent coming in, which is not bad. Now because you're in Temecula and uh, you know you have a little bit more access to the more affordable areas in California, mm-hmm. uh, and let's figure mom dad two or three kids, uh, grandma, grandpa, maybe the other grandma, grandpa, even a couple of aunts and uncles. I mean, we could be getting into some significant uh, family units here. We're going to, you know, be looking to get some single family detached dwellings. I'm going to think with some bedrooms and baths. Uh, uh, what part of uh, California do you find to be the most friendly and affordable in terms of median and average prices? Well, you know, the last place we have where we actually have affordable housing is what we call the Inland Empire, which is composed of the Riverside, San Bernardino counties. And you can still get a very decent, large home for $300,000. 
Um, the nice thing about this particular program is that it, it does allow us to do two to four, two to four units. Um, and if we are talking about a large contingency of family members, you know, units can definitely be something that they can look at. I like the way you're thinking. Now, can you buy a fourplex with 15% cash down? Uh, it would require 30% down on a fourplex. How about a duplex? A duplex as well, 30% down with this program. Okay. And uh, how much would you say duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes would uh, cost in the inland empire? Um, you're, you're talking about 600000 you know, or less uh, for a fourplex. Uh, okay. If you start moving into Los Angeles, you're looking at eight, nine hundred thousand for a fourplex. Right. Okay. So thirty percent down on our occupied uh, six hundred thousand. Uh, so uh, we're talking about one hundred and eighty thousand dollars to buy four units with maybe ten bedrooms and six bathrooms. Yeah, and that's if we do the I-10 program. If we have family members that are willing to, you know, sign and have you know, the, the, the refugees actually put up the down payment money, then we could probably do an FHA loan with three and a half percent down with four units. Okay. Uh, let's talk about how we are going to consolidate the credit of the applicants and the co-applicants, because the refugees are probably not going to have a lot of established credit in the United States, correct? That is correct. Um, there, there is, you know, the concept of alternative credit which, you know, they're going to need a cell phone. They're going to need to pay utilities. They are going to need to pay rent when they first come over. So, you know, those items, even if it's six months worth, will will be uh, a possible alternative credit that we can use for them. So there are some possibilities. Okay, so uh, either they just do a straight rental and establish themselves for six months and then plan on buying something in six months, or if they've got all their ducks in a row, uh, all their co-signers, their lender, and a creative realtor, uh, they might be able to find a a vacant house where the seller is going to sit still for a lease purchase where they can occupy the property, house their family, and then close it in six or seven months. Is that correct? That's, that's a perfect example. Okay. Uh, very good. And, uh, uh, and uh, talk to us about the collective debt ratios between the occupants, the Afghani refugees coming in and their uh, co-signers. Uh, how is that all going to play out? Yeah, they're, they're actually going to cap the uh, debt to income right around 43 percent on this program. However, if there are compensating factors, they will allow us to go to a 50 percent debt to income ratio. Um, you know, obviously, if, if, if the co-signers have good credit and they have good assets in the bank and uh, good term, uh, long-term employment, those are all compensating factors that will allow us to push the ratios a bit. So it's, it's definitely case by case, but at least we know from the guidelines that they do allow that. Okay, so I would imagine that the first step would be either for the uh, uh, probably the family of the refugees, if not the relief agencies, if not the countrymen and friends, if not the actual refugees, to reach out to you and start building a file 
a loan application file, uh, which given the right resources, we might be able to make something happen in 180 days or so. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, first step is to determine who's involved, uh, where are, you know, if anything, are, are they living? Do they have rent? You know, it's, it's just, like I said, case by case, but you're absolutely right. I mean, we can definitely target it to say, okay, now that we know who's going to be involved, we know who's going to be able to sign and, and we're going to be able to put something together. We should be able to do something within, you know, six months. Right. And, you know, we've had a significant history of uh, refugees coming into the United States since World War II. So I think we can give the uh, Afghani uh, refugees some hope uh, that uh, uh, a trail has been blazed uh, for them uh, and uh, they can stand on the shoulders of giants of the prior immigrants, whether it's the Irish, the Italians, uh, Mexicans, uh, what have you. Uh, and lenders like you who are used to dealing with people in these circumstances, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Because at one point or another, things tend to work out and we figure out with new programs or existing programs how we can help people like this. Very good. Well, Abel Fergoso, as usual, you have been a font of information. <laughs> a font. A font. Okay. And, a of information. Yeah, and congratulations to all of the uh, Afghani and otherwise refugees who have been able to uh, get the, the visas and wind up in this country. Because I know when my father was in the circumstances of being in uh, bombed out, burnt out Naples with no infrastructure at all after the Nazis were done with it in uh, 1945, uh, he had the good fortune to wind up in Brooklyn and, uh, you know, get a, a good job, make a good living and provide an opportunity for his wife and four sons. And uh, hopefully you will experience the same thing that he did. So thank you again, Abel. Thank you very much, John. Have a good day. And thank you all for listening. Bye for now. Bye bye.